0: no my talking performance. called Carter aho. Kia Matt Henderson. This week, I'm excited to be joined by one of our regular listeners and contributors from back in the day when DG and I used to do this live on Facebook every Monday night. Matt Henderson. Matt's currently a strength and conditioning coach based here in Tauranga, doing some awesome work with his new company Fit Club. Which has a really holistic approach to training. I've recently joined and I'm loving every minute of it. Matt's still heavily involved in indoor cricket. At, at one stage, was one of the best indoor cricket players on the planet. Just ask him. He used to tell us that every week when we'd play. But no, on a serious note, he's got a great story. Diagnosed as an adult with ADHD, and talks about how that's affected him and his journey hope you enjoy the chat if you do it'd be great if you could share it with your mates so today i'm pretty excited to be joined by matt henderson and um matt as usual no script for this so we're just going to see where it goes but i guess just as a bit of background um i feel like i've known you for a long time but it's only been probably a couple of years and through when we used to do the good old days when dj and i were um doing it together live on Facebook. You used to join in our community, and since then, you've moved to Tauranga, basically just to be closer to me, which is good. And you are now hammering me in the gym. Just (laughs) to add that last (laughs) (laughs) bit, otherwise it gets awkward.
1: I'm really glad you just had the gym part there.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) same. Um, Mate, tell us a little bit about life for you growing up. Um, I know a few things about you, obviously. Um, one of the world's best indoor cricketers. Um, so I do want to go down that path. But before we get to there, tell us what life was like growing up for Matt Henderson.
1: Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me on. But yeah, like, well, where do you start with that? I wasn't sure where we were going to go with it, but um little young fellow brought up in South Brighton or New Brighton in Christchurch who um, lived a pretty simple life. I just liked going out and exploring stuff and playing on my bike and playing cricket and, um, I was pretty chilled out uh, back then, getting on the golf course. Still loved that. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty simple. You, actually, just come to think of it, my son's just had his tooth falling out, right? And he got um, $2 from the tooth fairy last night, which was pretty awesome. My and dad had to try and find that somewhere in the house because we don't have coins anymore, right? Mm. We'll I hope out.
0: he's not going to listen. <laughs> what if he listens?
1: No, no I, think, well, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. But, and, um, yeah, but back then, you know, 20 cents at the local dairy would get you so much lollies. I can get so sick on a pack of nerds. But, um, no, I was pretty simple upbringing back then, man, and, and loved coming. I was still very much a can tab. I try and keep it quiet in the Bay of Plenty, though I didn't realize how hated the Crusaders are here. Um, so, yeah, that's what sort of life looked like, man. Pretty simple, normal Kiwi stuff, I suppose.
0: Yeah. And then, so how did you end up in Auckland?
1: Uh, So, it was actually pretty random, actually. When I think about everything, even coming back to meeting you, I listening to DG and everything that's happened the last few years, but my whole life's been pretty random. So, I was playing in the World Cup in 2007, yes, and um, I dislocated my knee over there.
0: The indoor cricket World Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, I I came back and I was trying to find a surgeon. It was going to take me weeks, even months, in Christchurch. And I got in touch with the manager of the team and our physio and said, oh, can you find me one up in Auckland? And they said, oh, yeah, we can get you to see one in like three weeks. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I wasn't working at the time. I was on ACC. I was a plumber, so I couldn't work. So I just got a ticket up to Auckland um, to get out there and never went home. Uh, I ended up living with Nags, our manager, for a while. Say, la vie. It was just sort of a, a new chapter opened up then.
0: Nice. And so, what took you to indoor cricket, mate? And I assume you played outdoor cricket as well, but what drew you so much to indoor and um, why do you think you became so good at it?
1: Um, Yeah, good question. I think, like, looking back at now, like I I was spoken about, I've had a recent diagnosis of ADHD, which makes a huge amount of sense when I look back at my life now. Um, But uh, from that, I can really hyper focus on stuff. So it's a real strength of mine. Um, but I, you know, I was a good cricketer and outdoor already 2021 20, and starting to get through the age group stuff and starting to travel overseas a little bit for it. Um, but I was your man who could score 70 or 50 odd and half an hour to 45 minutes, but that it's, that was about it. That's all I had the attention span for. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it used to frustrate the hell out of my teammates and. Um, someone I live with, Gareth Hopkins, who just was pulling his hair out because I could be so good for that certain period of time, but couldn't kick on. And I was over on a tour in Aussie. I uh, met a guy named Anthony Timpson, who was on the New Zealand indoor cricket team. I was like, indoor cricket, New Zealand has a team? Like, what are you talking about? Um, and he invited me down to a tournament, and just instantly the short time frame, the intensity of it just like really connected with me, and I had a skill set that was bowler, fielder, batsman. So it's, yeah, my mentality and my skill set, I like, just adopted really well to it, I think. Mm.
0: Yeah. And it's had a bit of a resurgence, hey, in recent years, I feel like, indoor cricket. Is that just because I was playing it or has it actually had a resurgence?
1: Well, I think that really you playing it made it a bit more exciting mm. to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. you more bums on seats, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, the cool thing now is, like, it's, it was massive in the 90s, early 80s and 90s. I mean, you had to... Um, pay a gold coin donation back then To go and watch the local club stuff So it was huge mm. It was really cool And um, Australia, New Zealand especially uh, And then it's sort of It's gone up and down And it's had its waves And I think what's happening now Is with being able to stream it social media I mean it feels like There's more people getting involved There's more countries getting involved now Especially in the subcontinent So that's definitely helping the game I think In that feeling
0: oh. anyway Yeah All Right And so now you're in Tauranga, what brought you down here from Auckland?
1: Again, <laughs> random story, but Mandy and I would come here on holiday with my wife and, like, it's funny, I just instantly felt this calm, like, driving here. I get quite close to Tauranga and I just sort of feel really settled and it's almost as weird and as spiritual as that. Mandy and I were just like, no, we're always going to move down to the mountain. That's where we want to be. And I had a business up in Auckland, a gym up there. Um, and that was going really well, and uh, our son was born. All of a sudden, again, 2019, another World Cup, another changing moment. Um, I literally remember the moment. We were walking up Lion's Head in Cape Town on the first day we were there, and I got to the top, and it was an incredible photo. I'll have to share it with you, incredible photo, and I just had a moment right then. and knew that you know, when we get back, we're selling the gym, we're selling our house, and we're going to move, and it all happened in the space of three months, and it happened just before COVID hit. Um, so, yeah, it was just a feeling that we had to go, and we just made it happen. So I'm pretty thankful we did. It was good timing in the end, I suppose. Yeah, I feel yeah. really blessed to be here.
0: And so um, pretty unique what you're trying to achieve with the gym. I guess I'd like to know a little bit about that and where the motivation for it came from.
1: I'm also like, what do, you, uh, what do you say about the, the uniqueness, talking to me about it? What do you mean?
0: Um, like it feels like you've got a bit of a target of – uh men uh men over forty or in that bracket um and maybe a little bit different to what goes on at other gyms.
1: Yeah. Alex so yeah um again I sort of again just trying to trust my gut a little bit more and I got a couple of big motivations. Obviously my own story is a bit of a motivator, like understanding, you know, how my brain works, having ADHD, how that's affected me, how it's affected my health. Um
0: Stop there, mate. Stop there. What, what has ADHD before you knew you had it? How did it play out? And now that you know you've got it, how's, how's this world changed?
1: I still don't know 100% sure how to explain it because I'm still sort of processing it a little bit. But um, it wasn't known when I was growing up what it was. Or I just looked like a bad kid who couldn't concentrate and um, i copied a lot from people. So uh, – um neurodivergent kids are, or people around my age who had it back then, um, from what I understand, we get more negative reinforcement because of the way we are um, than the average kid. And it can really, like, affect mental health. And so for me, I feel a little bit now. It's the first time I've probably spoken about it out loud. But in terms of depression and anxiety, like, it's always – I've really struggled with it and had some really big moments and some really tough moments. Um, and we thought it was like the normal depression stuff, but really it was, I suppose, not being able to handle the world because my brain didn't fit, or I didn't fit into the system, or that sort of thing. So initially, I was, yeah, it was talk about depression and anxiety and and um, and that sort of stuff and taking medication and stuff. But now looking back. Literally, if I knew I had this diagnosis and how it affected me, we could have done stuff differently and it wouldn't have been such a negative. I hope I explained it all right. Well, That's the first time I really sort of said it out loud. And um, I had real big meltdown moments, I think, during sport and in life that affected me massively, but now I sort of know why and I can work my, with my brain now and um, not be so harsh on myself even though I, I was for a long period of time. And what and I think, we, like others were as well. Yeah. When did you get the diagnosis? It was only two years ago, a year and a half ago, actually. When did, when, when did the borders open up, actually?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It was two, ago, back into there. Yeah, years.
1: it was about a month before that because I remember going on the plane just getting this mega medication to go to Dubai for indoor. And and I was like, oh, do I use it? Like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to feel the same? Like all these weird things. <laughs> but yeah, so it wasn't long ago. Uh, and I'm starting to process it all now, I suppose.
0: And how did you get to being diagnosed? How did that come about?
1: Well, that's a beautiful thing about social media, I think. Like, Mandy found this post from some girl she's following, like some woman down in Christchurch, who's talking about her experience with it. And she listed off about 20 things that she struggles with, like losing her keys or. Can't concentrate. I just did like a thousand things and every single one of them Mandy had seen in me and she goes, you got to look at this. And I watched it and I was like, there's me, man, like every single thing that I struggle with on a daily. And so I was like, okay, what?" and the first thing, me being super curious and geeking out, I went on some ADHD rabbit hole where I was just on YouTube and internet for like days. And I worked out, yeah, I have 100% got this and I need to get to the doctor and then to a psychiatrist for a proper diagnosis, and then straight away went on to medication, which definitely helped. But I think um, now going through that, I realise, too, the medication helps, but myself knowing even more about it now, I can understand what my strengths are and steer myself to that, recognise when I'm being harsh on myself or I'm in an area that's not my playpen, to go, all oh, right, let's just step back from that a little bit, Ask someone else to help me with that, and I'll go spend time over here where I'm at my best. Um, so yeah, I hope that explains a little bit. Yeah, so oh, you only ask people how I got to take this, but,
0: No, 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 that's cool uh, because so if you were a kid, oh, you were a kid. Um, but if you had of known this, like that stuff you're talking about at the end there about being aware, um, is easy when you're you know forty something. You're a bit more mature and a few more life experiences. Do you think you would have? If you had have known as a 12-year-old, say, um, do you think that would have helped then or how would you advise to help yourself as a 12-year-old now?
1: That's a great question. I don't know. I I wouldn't have the first clue because I'm just trying to work this out as a 42-year-old who's half got some ideas. But what I would hope is that it's just more accepted and understood now by professionals and teachers and parents and that they explored what their kid needs. Hmm. Um, if I roughly just a real broad overview of what I know is like I've got to understand sometimes that, that I can get bored and disengaged and I don't have to feel bad about that. It's just the way my brain works and it's really quick for me to disconnect. So sometimes I'm, when I'm talking to a group of people, if the conversation is not good or I'm in a seminar or I can be a bit aloof if I'm not connected. And I just have to have a little bit of compassion around that, and go. Sometimes I just can't force myself to concentrate. Sometimes it's got to be engaging, yeah. 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 But um, I'm i am got to make the most of it when I am. When I find something I'm really into, I just go for it. Like uh, that's why I found an in indoor, for example. I, God, the way my brain works about that compared to other people, I can't believe some of the people can't like see what I see at times.
0: Yeah.
1: But I spend so much time thinking about it and connecting the dots, people think I'm mental, you know. Um, which I totally understand now, uh, before I was just like, Why can't these people see this like <laughs> you know what I mean? so uh yeah it's it's a really cool diagnosis to have now, because I want to use those strengths at the best, but I've got to remind myself to have compassion around the areas where I'm not so good and and that's okay, right? mm. yeah, it just is what it is,
0: um as you know, because you and I've talked about it, but I had a similar experience with my youngest daughter. Yeah going through that ADHD stuff, just going, and it presents differently in females than it does in males, but listening to the same thing, listening to a list going, holy shit, that's, she's nailed every one of those. Um, and then we were sort of debating around, should we get her diagnosed formally and what's the benefit? And um, a friend of my wife said, who has ADHD said, it's better to know you're a zebra than think you're a weird horse. Let's hey, talk that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, a eh? pretty cool way to look at it.
1: Yeah, that's actually really nice. That um, that really resonates. And I suppose going back now to like, because I was trying to for ages fix this problem in my head that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I love the mental side of things, and that's why I resonate so much with you know, your pod, your podcast and with DG and everything you spoke about. What I learned playing sport to try and get really good at it, you know, from the mental side of things and the skills of focus and um, but yeah, it sort of connects really well with DG stuff and be weird, like bigger yeah. be weird, and that's okay. So that's a really great
0: quote. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going back to uh, actually, I don't even know where we were, but how did that play out for in indoor cricket? How did the ADHD play out? Obviously, you said you you got fully invested in it. What else did it do for your skill development? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think. Um, I noticed, I think, I th- think it really helped and gave me a gift to see the next step and connect dots that maybe other people couldn't. So, um, when I look back at it now, especially when I was like running teams, either coaching or playing, more playing in the moment, at times, because my, the way my brain worked, I could sort of almost sense what was going to happen next or sense where the game was going to go and sort of, and especially when I was captain, it was really cool because it always almost could manipulate it into the direction I wanted it to go. Um, it's hard to explain what I feel about it. You know, like I just feel it. I can sense it. I just know that I'm just going to move that guy back now because it's about to happen. And then it would, the amount of times that that happened was heaps, but, um, but the big one was, I suppose that that ability to hyper focus when, when challenge for me was just right. Um that's when I was at my best. So I found myself at the end of games or in big moments getting really excited and feeling really confident and sometimes it would slow down for me or um in some games it, it could be a simple thing but I'd just notice more people are watching so I'd get like I'd almost focus even more. So and that's just how my brain worked, I suppose, which was really cool and felt real thankful for that. Um Yes, I think. What are you doing, mate? Yeah. What's happened to your chair? <laughs> yeah,
0: just, I was standing. Now I'm sitting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, looking back, there was some massive advantages. Mm. Um, I would get caught in that overthinking trap at times, and I could go into little holes. And, again, because of that negative air enforcement, it could be quite negative. So when I was in a right environment, I was around some really good people, Uh, I just tended to thrive when the environment was wrong. I was really bad, and personally, I was bad. And then I could be a real disruption inside a team as well. Like, if there was a coach who would tell me something, I'd be like, That's not my experience. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I'd almost switch off and distance myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, there was a a huge pro, and there was a great group of people around, but personally, I was. I could be a real disruption. And it could be real negative if the environment wasn't right. So that's, yeah, I suppose reflecting back on it now is the first time I've said that out loud. Um, yeah, that's sort of how it played out.
0: Yeah. Did you ever get that feedback, mate, from teams or coaches that you were that disruptor or was that just something you've reflected on?
1: At times, but I, I didn't take it all that well, I suppose. And, um, so I know I did, but it would just frustrate me like yeah and then especially if there was a player who or a group of people inside the group that I could tell were just making the environment but and I suppose I probably didn't have the skills to really articulate it with them and talk with them and sit with them and go, this is how I feel this is what I'm feeling, this is how I'm experiencing at the moment. If I knew what I was like, I would have been able to explain him, look, I I know I might be coming off a bit prickly, but I'm just, this is where I'm at. Yeah, I just didn't have the skills to deal with it back then, I
0: suppose. And so obviously, I haven't known you for a massively long time, but to me, you seem uh, incredibly curious about stuff, massive desire to learn. Um, Every time I come into your office at work, there's notepads with scribbles and stuff all over it I was just mad about my brain. <laughs> no but that's so cool how would you um how do you go now when you like what are your strategies now when you start to notice that either you're spiraling into a state that's not um where you want to be or you or you're copying some um constructive criticism
1: my brain just I literally went back to an hour ago right so like i oh, was especially even right now I'm feeling and can to get really overruled with everything that's going on and everything I need to do. And especially when I'm running a business right now and trying to grow it and get it going and look after guys like you and someone else. And then this person said, and like that stuff, the executive functioning stuff, the going task to task is a real struggle for me. And I can really get overburdened. And thank God that I've reached out to my business partner today say, hey, mate, this is how I'm feeling right now. Like, I'm really overwhelmed. Yesterday for four hours, I literally couldn't work. And I suppose the big reflection even just on the last 24 hours is I need to make sure I've just got good people around me who I can be honest with and say, oh, man, like, I'm just, I'm overdoing it. I'm, co- I'm cooking myself here. I'm thinking too much. I'm doing too much. And to bring it back to um, the skills that I'm the best at and making things as simple as I possibly can so I can really dive deep on those. Um, I'm not even sure if I've answered your question, but <laughs> it's like a real time reflection of what's just happened last 24 hours. Cause I, I don't know if you picked up on it hanging out with me in the last 24 hours. I haven't been with it except when I've been coaching. It felt all right. Yeah. But, um, I yeah. So like, um, I've just been feeling it a bit. And, um, so it's good in the real time now talking to you going, yeah, just notice that make sure I've got the people around me to let them know, reconnect to what I'm good at. I
0: don't even know if I'll ask that question. I'm just, <laughs> so i my stuff out right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any, um, I don't, you know, like I, they say that if, uh, if you have a child with ADHD, there's a fair chance one of the parents has it, I think. And, uh, I'm pretty certain I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm a little bit like you in terms of I look at the list and go, yep, pretty much clock that. Um, but one thing that works for me, and I don't know if this is normal or not, or even relevant to that, but, uh, morning, like just, I don't know if it's routines, but do you have stuff like that that just set you up for the day? Obviously, you work bloody hard and early early starts most days. Is that relevant, or even if it isn't, talk us through your morning routine.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Like, when I'm on, like, it's gone. Like, it's so simple. But now, uh, like, again, last two, three weeks, it's just been falling by the wayside a little bit, and I think – The structure that I loved, and I just wish I could have, it's just so good. Like an indoor cricket World Cup is just the perfect place for me to be. Like it's so structured. I know exactly when I'm having my shower. I know exactly when I'm meditating. I know exactly what I'm eating. I love the routine. There's nothing better than the routine of – because you always get in the bus at the same time. I put on my tunes. Like everything was just so easy. And it's a reminder right now when you're running a business – like building a business, you got three kids, uh, everything's full on. I lose that structure. I can lose that structure or that niceness. So, but the, the two things I'm really trying to connect with now, especially with ADHD being at times that lack of dopamine and not having that drive to get going, the cold shower right now is really helping me a little bit. It's just like connect, like, like DJ talks about it, so I'm trying to connect to me and have that gold shower. That's the time for me to, like, find myself. Um, and it was a real struggle, actually, about three weeks ago. I'd only be able to do 10 seconds. But today, this morning, I just drowned myself and I put it everywhere and it, like, that brought me back to now, which was really cool. Um, it just felt like in the last couple of weeks, that's probably the only thing I've been nailing in terms of structure.
0: Right.
1: But when it's on, like, yeah, it could be just as simple as that, taking that moment. Getting up having that liter of water and then getting to work. I try and keep it as simple as I possibly can, really.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um and I know that I do want to I'm gonna get back to your business too, but um, just every time you say something, I think of something else. Trying to have a structured
1: conversation, good luck.
0: What, what have you learned, mate, from DG and did you know him before you started listening to the podcast? And and bearing in mind that was the purpose of the this podcast was because I used to say I get to speak to him every week, and I think more people need to hear his message. Had you heard of him? And I, and I often refer to him as the ghost in the machine. Like, um, he, he's not on social media, he's not promoting anything. Had you heard of him before you'd started listening to Talking
1: Performance? Uh, so, so how I stumbled across the podcast was Andre Adams sent me um, a link to the one you did with Wayne Smith, and um. Then I straight away went back and listened to the first two, and then just got stuck into it. I really connect with the way you both spoke and, and DG's um, thoughts and processes around the sports psychology and mental skills because I felt like the spiritual nature to it. And and my background, when well, he was the one that got me looking into my ancestry and, and looking back at everything. And my background is very um, deep and. Um, the church, and um, both sides of my family came over, one person on each side of the family basically came and were in shivers. I can't think of the word for it right now. But anyway, I came on a, uh, like a, a, a Catholic or a missionary mission, sorry, yeah, as missionaries to come and help. And when I look at back at all of my the family, there's priests, there's brothers um, listed all the way through it. So that spiritual angle, that DJ, I could hear that like underlying with what he's talking about. So I really connected with that. And um, oh, you asked me before what my <laughs> what my um, growing up was like. I watched so many movies, man. So I, like, I love the Matrix, and I, or mm-hmm. like, well, and like when he started talking about the last summer, I totally connected with that because from cricket, I can see myself just like no mind, no like every time he spoke about that stuff, I just really connected with it. Mate, let's be honest, he is weird. <laughs> so I. Like, I love the fact that yeah, I, I connect with that weirdness too, I suppose.
0: Mm. And what sort of practices have you put in place as a result of? Because I know you've connected with him um, as well. How, what sort of stuff have you put in place that he's had an influence on you?
1: Um, I think he was able to actually provide me a huge amount of structure and layering. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to some, to some of the podcasts and I've sat with him and chats. You know, I've got, got his book right here, right? But. Um, and still using his framework to connect the dots for myself. And I use the same framework of when I coach teams as well, like how do we connect them to who we are and our identity? How do we, in our lives, focus on giving it everything you got? Uh, that's been the, the number one metric. Um, how do we stay, the next level is how do we stay totally present and be here right now? And I love his line, like mastering the moment is like, being the goal of life. Uh, it was so good. So I try as much as I can when my brain's not stressed and running away with me to reconnect to those are the levels, and that's how I'm trying to work. And when I'm in that space, things tend to go pretty well. Um, so I love the structure he was able to provide, and I've made it really visual as well. I can't read a list. The one actually feedback I give to DG is, like, if he could just do more pictures and diagrams and simplify it, like, that would work for my brain because – I have not read this cover to cover, but I'll go in and out of it and stuff. Yeah. Um. But there's lots of a really great resource from DGN. I said I like the fact he's weird. I just really connect with the way he puts everything across.
0: Yep. And and mate, has that shaped goes on now looping probably right back to the business stuff and you know your your target market maybe of men over forty. Um. And I get the sense that you weave some of his stuff – well, not his stuff because it's just good stuff, right? But has that shaped the thinking around your business model and what you're trying to achieve?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, like, I think at the center of the business and I think of who I am, my two big key values, you mentioned one of them before, but there's connection and curiosity. So connection – if we can get care and connection in this place and we've got like-minded people who – they like and care about each other, Understands what everyone's trying to achieve, can be around and support that. It's like any sports team. They're all the great sports teams I've been a part of, right? Like that just gets more out of you instead of it just being a gym where sometimes you can feel like a number, and that's the last thing I want at this place. Um, I'd rather have people to have some genuine connection here, people that genuinely care, and the odds of us getting – good stuff out of everyone and them achieving whatever goal or aspiration they desire is just way higher. Mm. Um, so that's at the centre, number one. When I think about too, like who sort of targeting, uh, the person I'm trying to help is my old man who's right now is 67, he's about to retire and he's in a pretty bad way. Like it's he's not going to retire to a really cool, easy life where he can hit the golf course. It's a real struggle for him. So I'm trying to catch him earlier in the process, and whether it be the 23-year-old um, real estate agent we've got here and we can put everything in place so he can thrive right there or it's um, Stephen, the 57-year-old business owner right now who we need to keep his energy up and keep him going so he can be successful and everyone in between. Then I think it's sort of almost like the makings of a good team. You've got your veterans in your team. You've got the guns in the middle. Who are, who are leading the, the Vrat Coley's and then you've got the young pups who are coming into the team um, all on the, on the same mission, if you know what I mean.
0: Okay. Yeah, and it certainly feels like that when you're training there. It feels like a really good connection and people wanting the best for each other. What do you do to cultivate that? And Because it doesn't seem like, uh, maybe it's just the conversations that you and I have, but I doubt that it is. I'm sure that's across, you seem to have a lot of care around everything in the and someone's well being, not just their, you know, cardiovascular fitness or their strength.
1: Now, that's the boring shit. Like, like that's just the X's and O stuff. And that can be really simple. But like if it's powered by the other stuff, and this is what you and DG talk about all the time if it's powered by care and connection and focus and giving it all you got, like it, it could be a really crap program and you'd still be successful. But yeah, was myself I've been doing this for a long time now. i I, I've made awesome progress. I know exactly what's going on with the yeah, biochemistry and what we're trying to achieve and how long the things are going to take, et cetera, et cetera. But if I can cultivate the other stuff, that stuff's the easy stuff. So it's still a working program. I'm still learning heaps. I'm, uh, I love talking to you about this stuff. I'm listening to DG. I, I, I reached out to the Crusaders Leadership Program. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I got a scholarship for that, so I'm going to do that next year. And, um, listening and talking. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I can't wait. Like, what's what can I learn from that and employ in here so we can create a really great community? Yeah. Um, that being number one, because like I said, the X's and O's of getting fitter and healthier are actually really simple. Mm. But how can you get everyone excited about doing that, and get everyone connected around that? I mean, like listening to Corey, um, Sweeney, the other night and what he's doing with the sevens, what can I take from that and put in here? You know, like, that's that's the stuff that really drives me and keeps me going, I suppose.
0: I just want to interrupt this podcast just for a minute and know it's not advertising. Well, it sort of is advertising. What I wanted to do was let you know a little project that DG and I are offering in 2024. It's a six-week online course, a little bit like the old days of talking performance, but with limited numbers and a really specific uh, content and program over the six weeks. It'll be done online with DG and I, and resources to support the stuff that we talk about during the sessions if you're interested reach out send me a direct message or an email and we'll keep you updated as we progress yeah what do you know about the crusaders leadership program i see that popping up on um, various social media forms what do you know about it
1: again man like i'm just trusting my gut and feel so i literally listened to one video and i was like i really like that and okay if if That's just one thing doing this course I get out of it. I haven't lost anything. And so essentially it was how to bring a group together and connect them. And I think it was Scott Robinson talking about it, but it might have been someone else in the video. Yeah, I think it was Scott. talked about there's three things that connect people, Uh, music, physical contact. So it's it's like everyone fist pumps there. Like we all fist pump. It's like Mm -hmm. I just started doing that here and now everyone fist pumps. It doesn't matter. You walk in, you fist pump someone and you leave and fist pump someone. That's just what we do. Like, I haven't told everyone to do that. It's just what's happening now, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third one was to be around fire. So back when I had the gym and body talk, we thought we had to do the big corporate thing at the end of the year so we'd go away and um, we'd go to the races and everyone would get doled up, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, it's just not me. So the end of the year too, I'm planning this year is I really want to just go have a bonfire on the beach. I'm going to hire someone to come play the guitar. Although now I know Stop. you play the guitar. Yeah, I got me to come. Yeah, and just, like, get everyone there and let's just sit by the fire, by the beach, have some tunes playing, have a few beers, like, just have a good old catch-up and just be a little bit more, I don't know, like,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure you're allowed to light fires on the beach, mate.
1: Uh definitely. We must be able to because we are uh, uh, daycare. We had a uh, holiday bonfire night on the beach and we were out of roast marshmallows and stuff like that. So I literally stole it from them. Like, if daycare are doing it, it's good enough for us to be like, it be awesome. We had a great yeah.
0: Yeah, that will be cool. Um, Brendan Spillane, who's, I don't know if you've heard of him or heard him speak, he's a, I think he's a, probably a coach developer. He often talks about getting around the campfire, um, yeah, as a as a way to people open up and connect. And, um, I can think of
1: nothing better. Like, I hear some background. Here's the brain bouncing around again. But, again, with, like, well, I've realised with ADHD, we can get overstimulated because we take everything in. And um, so sometimes I go to a party. I feel so socially anxious overall. It was just like too much, I'm like I'd have to get out. And and same with indoor, at indoor, you know, especially as people said, know, it just felt like too much. And so to survive that, I smoked because it let me. I could go straight outside, get some space, and not have to see anyone or do anything. So going to those stuffies events are just not me anyway. So for us to be able to get out there, I just can't think of anything better than us just doing that for. For an end of year, do you know?
0: Yeah, and so do you know how the Crusaders use it over over an end of year review?
1: No, no idea. And and that's why I want to spend more time with you because there's so much. And and obviously doing this course and learning from DG, I think there's so much we can take from that stuff that the general public or the people that I work with here are in a gym environment but Why are we not using that stuff? Like mm. it's all about the best teams and the best groups in the world, but what I see in health and fitness is us just running another challenge, getting people to cut their carbs, train six times a week, and that's the tactic. And then they say they're connect- oh, going to rant, but they Don't say
0: rent. I like rents. They say it's for
1: the community, right? But it's—I know have, I've been there. I know that's no, it's for the bottom line, and they just run the same churn and using the same franchise model. I just really want this place to be different and to feel like you know something that you know, it might be missing in the social media area or whatever. I think people want to connect and want to create an environment where people can connect. And I think sports teams, especially in New Zealand rugby teams, I suppose are doing it better than anyone that I can see currently. Um, yeah, especially in you know, the sevens program, how good's that? Yeah, it's really exciting stuff that I'm going to,
0: like, get into. With the with the gym stuff, I'll pump your tyres up here a little bit. Um, one thing I love about what you do is you've got the group training, but all training, you've got a really high understanding of what, where everybody's at and what they should and shouldn't be doing rather than just training as a group and everyone doing the same stuff. Like this morning, for example, you know, you're know, you pulling different guys out going, oh, I want you to skip that one, but do this. Um, I think that's pretty cool. But obviously that makes your job harder, right?
1: Uh, no, that's how I have to engage myself. If, if I was just running a program, again, I would get so bored like the more challenging I can make it for myself the more engaged I get and um like I said the other day like i've i've got an overarching program and process but if i just got up and just ran it off a bit of paper i'd lose my mind so yeah. i'd rather do it on this way and um
0: so cast forward five 10 15 years and you've nailed it what does it look like tell me about um, Fit Club. What does that look like?
1: So just be straight up. All right, this is what I see. And I reckon it'd be real cool. So I chose the name Fit Club because of the movie Fight Club. Like, there's just something about that movie I connect with, and I don't think it's about those like, stealing body fat and making soap. But there's just there's something that really draws me to it. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, there's a there's a connection that the guys have there. I reckon is really key, and I love the fact that you're not supposed to talk about it. So what I see is like a gym where like I never advertise for it because the people who know find out would need to know find out. That's from the so I love that idea. Like that's really cool. Um, it's not about beating ourselves, but it is about testing ourselves and challenging ourselves. And I think that's really important for men and that we are shoulder to shoulder and side by side challenging ourselves to to improve and get better. Um, obviously, with my skills, we can do that in a safe way and make sure we're really healthy and we're. You know, return into good health and maybe we can perform really well. But I also think challenge is really important. And when we've got that challenge, we're at our best. So that's a part of it too. Uh, I've already, already, already said it's in the basement of somewhere. I like the idea of it's underground, but a little bit of natural light's coming in. That's what I see. Um, and the other one I saw, like, I just draw things from so many places, like, we're very lucky to go to Croatia. A couple of years ago, Mandy and I were in this lovely little place in Yeltsin. Mandy was pregnant at the time. So in the morning, I would leave the apartment and it was a 200 meter walk down to the piazza where I'd get us both a cherry strudel each and a long black. And every, I went to the same place, but every time over the way, there was another cafe and there was the same 12 or 15 guys just sitting over there having a coffee. And I just assumed they were locals and they just came here to connect every morning to have that coffee and then go about the day. And so I don't know why I'm telling you this story, but that's a part of it. Like I want that. Yeah. And I think people would like really appreciate that. So yeah, if they can come to this charm a space that's safe, that they know about it with people, they, weigh, they can connect, they can get have, they can have that coffee and then go about the day. And that'd be the dream for me. So that's what it looks like. How I'm going to pull that off. I don't know, um, but I'm pretty excited to find out really. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Um, what are your biggest challenges, mate, at the moment? Not necessarily. I um, more mean for you um, in your development, even trying to pull this plan together. What are some of the other challenges, and what have you had in the past that have maybe shaped you to where you are now?
1: I think that, uh, initially, okay. So now that's an idea of a plan. What's going to hold me back? So again, then my executive functioning sucks. So <laughs> the the spreadsheets with the business and the money side of things, that's going to be a challenge. And so uh, we've got to work away way around that. Yeah, having the process really laid out so it's clean and simple for everyone, you know, the back end, your ability to get on the phone, like anything that's really tactical or um, task-oriented is going to be difficult. So I've got to figure out a way around that. Um, but I think... What I was looking forward to coming on and talking to you about this, I think my strength, though, I need to lean into my ability to share this message and talk to people and then keep people connected on this, and then really make the experience great for the user. So yes, so I've got it. Like, I think it's hard to explain. I think my skill is to make sure the energy's there, and then if I can find people to do the stuff that's just not in my wheelhouse, um, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but yeah, that's that's the thing. I've got to really stick to my strengths, and then find people or support around that other stuff. It's going to be pretty key. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Must be pretty satisfying as well seeing, um, you know, someone like Leechy and the transformation that he's had. From your point of view, that must be pretty cool to celebrate.
1: uh oh, it's awesome, man. That's why I do it. Like, there was another one today. Like, uh, I won't use his name, but. He's a he's a forty year old man as well, and he's a property developer. Um, who it's really difficult. <laughs> uh, there's so much stuff. I can see the stress on his face when he walks in the door, and he's been wanting to for ages as well, like get healthy and lean, and he wants to feel good. He wants to be able to go to the beach and take his shirt off, right? And it's really difficult. And he's tried so many things in the past. He's tried an online coach, etc. And he's picked up on something, a feeling from Instagram already. around signed up with me, and I was trying to work out what we need to do. And I know how hard under the pump he is. I, I've got to find a way to help get some success. And the first four weeks, like, it was a real drag. I was just trying to figure out, what's my in here? Like, how can I help him? Like, I'll try this tactic, and they didn't quite I'll try this tactic, and then we found one. And then this week, every week, his weight's gone down. And every day he's walked in, I've just seen him, like, his shoulders back and feeling better. And... Fucked it. That mo- oh, sorry for swimming, but that moment for me today is just oh, that's why I do my job. Like, this guy's going to be sweet. Like, he's going to get what he wants. Um, and it's just, I get those moments almost every day or every week. and Um, yeah, it's, it's all I want to do, really. Like, I think it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is so cool.
0: What, um, you know, before you said the X's and O's are so boring, is it the X's and O's that do make the difference, or can it be other stuff? outside of that like is it simply the gym stuff I guess is my question
1: I think the x's and o's are boring for me now because I've spent so long thinking about and understanding it like and studying it so much like you realize I don't know is there a learning curve you probably know more about it than me but to start with you think oh it's really easy and then you start getting to know and then it gets really really hard and then it gets super simple and easy again Mm -hmm. so the x's and o's for me I think are up at that space in terms of this is how you train, this is how you eat. But the difference, I think, which I'm only just starting to understand now, it's not those what you do, is so that's really easy. It's like how you do it, it's the hard bit. How do we connect to that? How do we do that when it's your third or fourth or fifth most important thing? Because the, for using that guy's middle A Developing property, imagine how much time he's thinking about that. And he's got kids and he's got a wife and he's got a mortgage. Like, just doing those simple x and those things are really hard because it's so far down on that list. Mm-hmm. So, I think the thing I'm really practicing and working hard on is like, hey, how can I simplify those for him so he can get the result without me being the trainer going, just fucking eat your broccoli. You know, <laughs> like, and all that stuff, like which I used to do, and I see trainers do on Instagram all the time. I'm like, you just don't tell someone who's under the pump that much that all they need to do is have a cold shower, drink four litres of water, and eat three meals a day. Like, fuck like, no shit! <laughs> How can you get them to do it? Like, that's the key.
0: Yeah, that's always been interesting. And so, probably asking for a friend here, mate. But my wife is um, massive, loves the gym, like trains multiple times a day, does yoga, just loves it. And always has as long as I've known her. And I would say I don't love it. I endure it or I tolerate it. But if you said to me, you know, go to the gym or go and have a coffee with a mate or play nine holes, I'd never, I, not, ne- yeah, yeah, I'd never choose the gym. I do it because I have to. It's I mean, well, not I have to, but you know what I mean? Like I'm aware that it, of its benefits and hence hanging out with you. And I would say that I would be, You're more the exception, I'd say. Um, You know, you and Kitty, who love the gym.
1: I just to be real clear, like I never got in to be great at the gym. Like I just wanted to get good at cricket. So can I get faster, stronger? Then all of a sudden, I got to help out some other cricketers and learn about it. But I don't do it to be great at the gym. Like I do it for everything else. And so, like, if it gets too like technical or getting too excited about the knee angle of the squat, like. like we keep it simple, but sorry, didn't have your flyer. Like, but yeah, it's it's cool. The gym's cool, but it's just a tool. It's just a yeah. to purpose out there. Like,
0: but it, but how do you, you know, for the people that aren't massively into it, like Kitty, will just she loves it. She doesn't weigh herself. She doesn't measure anything. She's not training for anything. Massive, like I guess, in James Clear's world, big part of her identity. Um, and as much as I would love it to be mine, and it is yours because.
1: Oh, yes, but, you know, I wouldn't be here for it, yeah. yeah. But, but it goes back to DG's levels, right? Like level number one, love what you do and who you do it with. And if I asked you to do that six times a week, you probably wouldn't love it as much. But three times a week, okay, that's doable. A it's doable, hard. but I don't love it. No, no, not yet. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to be spending some time, I actually thought about this on the way over here, part of my job too is to find that thing that sparks you like, what's something that I can just drop? What C can I drop that you go, Oh, okay, yeah, and then I can jump on that and go for it? Yeah. And that takes time for me to sort of find out with each individual what's the thing that's going kind to of spark them. But it's also love how you do it with. And So if I can create ways for you to really connect with the group, and like I said, you're training with Brendan at the moment. I think you two would have some great yarns. Like, he's hilarious, and you both got very similar humour, and uh, when you guys get to know each other, that would be a really cool connection there. Hmm. So, Um, I'm sure that's what kitty's getting at her gym. It's not just fitness stuff. It's like the connections that she got and she's found that spark for her that keeps her doing it. Mm. Yeah, that's what I would say to you. It's just like you you know it's good for you. Let's find that spark. And if you have those moments where it's not quite there, that's cool, then step back. But if you try and force it, you're going to push it away. So that's that that interplay you've got to have with that stuff as well. It's really important, you know, to – if you've got ADHD, right, I'm, and you're having those moments where you don't want to be here, I get it. Like, I didn't train at all this week. I was not feeling it. And if I forced myself, I would have made things worse. So, yeah, it would be the same with you, man.
0: And that's, I guess, the advantage to having uh, – sounding like a fucking infomercial now, and that wasn't the intent, <laughs> but I guess that's the advantage to having someone like you rather than me just rocking up uh, to the gym and, because I feel like I have to, right?
1: But that's why I do everything I can to connect with you and do everything I can to have a conversation with Leachie or spend some time with DG. Like, yeah, find – and like I said, I don't spend it with physically, but when I need to just get something, I put a DG podcast on and go for a walk and just have a chat with him. You know, Like, having that support is crucial. Yeah, definitely don't do it yourself. It takes me back to the best World Cup I ever had. I was so lucky that year that a South African guy named John Alcott came to New Zealand and just happened to be at our club and he played international for them. I do not know who he was at the time, but he started playing for our club. Uh, and then he coached us. And it was the first time I really connected with a coach and he got in my head and he just freed me up and got me going. And I remembered him for the first test, the first ball. I had it for four. And it came down to just me just having a few moments with him and having someone there. Um, yeah, I think it's crucial to, to have the right support around you and some good people, right? What did he do? He said one thing to me It was hilarious, and he just kept saying it to me. In a real thick South African accent, he just said to me, Hendo, in the ark, out the park. Yeah. Back then, in Indoor, everyone was like trying to play safe and just hit twos. Yeah, i come yeah. from a background where I, before I played a game of indoor, i played Shane Bond, Chris Martin. Like there was no one really in indoor I was going to have a problem with. And he just freed me up to go for it. And then I never looked back from that year. Like after that, just spending a year with something on my head, it <laughs> was awesome. Mm. So, uh, yeah, to go back to, to your question, yeah, like get support, get someone who knows what they're doing, get someone you can confident that they can take you through the steps because you can feel like you're at times, you know, walking through mud when you're trying something new or that's what I see when I watch people walk into the gym by themselves and get a gym membership. They don't, You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, get, get the best information you can. I've always done this. Best information you can from the best coach you can, and you'll never regret a dollar spent doing that.
0: Nice, mate. And normally with uh, – not normally, actually, but I try to remember this. It's always a question that intrigues me. Um What's interesting you at the moment? Like we're. I try and finish the, in my head, I always want to, I most often forget Hendo, but what's intriguing you at the moment? What's interesting you? Yeah,
1: that's such a good question. Uh, two things. I see a connection. When someone's talking about, it comes across poorly with the word influence or sales or whatever, but. The idea of a salesman is not to sell you something you don't need, it's just to connect to figure out where you need if you need it and how can we get you out of your own way to get what you need. So I love or, you know, if I'm coaching someone, how can I connect with them and find that like with you, find that spark, mm. or find that thing that I can that can give you that drive, or like John did with me, the in the arc out the I love like looking for that and searching for that. And everyone's slightly different and comes up in different times. I'm so pumped for James today because it took five weeks for me to find the right thing for him, but we've got it now, so it was sweet. So, yeah, I think that that connection with people and having that depth of conversation or understanding, I think will always be there. And then the second thing is actually something technical, technical, like I'm down to a level now of biochemistry um, in terms of the way the body works that I will never talk to anyone about, but it's so interesting because – if anyone in the gym, if I start talking that stuff, they'll just go. Like, but I just understand where in the Krebs cycle, or where and how to open up the glucose receptors to have insulin bind with it, so your glucose can enter the cell, and why high cortisol will cause that to be inefficient. So that's why everyone's having an energy surplus, and that's why they can't lose weight even on eight hundred calories. Oh, that stuff fascinates crap out of me. So, um, yes, yeah, those two things at the moment, I suppose.
0: So, social uh, media.
1: <laughs> well, like after this week, man, and talking to you and a few other things, I'm getting off that thing. Like, I, I want to go underground, like Fight Club. But I've got a um, a mentor, in Aussie who's a bit of a maverick like myself, um, and his his business is called Muscle Nerds, and it's so hilarious. He's a big Texan who all he does is eat raw meat and say kraut stuff. Um, He lifts heavy weights, but he's a computer geek and he nerds out on the stuff. So um, Luke, he's been a fantastic mentor for me in in that space. And he always challenges. uh, Every time I listen to the stuff or study his stuff, it opens up another box for me. So it's it's really cool.
0: Nice. Mate, thank you so much. We've been trying to do this for a long time. Even today, we tried to do it a few times. (laughs) Finally got around to it.
1: How we've pulled off the other side. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, appreciate everything you are doing. Not only for me, but obviously in that fit club community, and um, and thanks for making the time, mate.
1: Awesome. Cheers, mate. Anytime, bro.
0: Thank you. Been wicked.